Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of About to Review. I'm your host, that guy named John, and I'm joined by local producer, Kirk Nordenstrom. Did I pronounce that right? Yes. All right. <laughs> Off to a great start so far. <laughs> so Kirk is the producer of the Seattle chapter, or Seattle division of the 48-hour film project. I just say Seattle leg. Seattle leg. Of the 48-hour film project. Okay. Now... What was your kind of, I know that Seattle, you were drawn to Seattle through film. Can you tell us a little bit about that, like how you got here? Well, actually, I mean, I grew up in the, the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And in 1995, when I was 23, I was just bored with my work and social situation <laughs> right. in Santa Cruz. And my best friend in the world had moved up here a year earlier and okay. offered me a job. And that's what got me to Seattle. And then I worked in the, you know, graphics and web design arena for a while. And then in 2001, got laid off from a job, mm-hmm. you know, a good job in the, you know, in a, <laughs> you know, dot-com era. Ah, 2001. Yeah. yeah happened to April. a few people. <laughs> April 2001. And I just got, you know, so disillusioned with that, you know, mm-hmm. line of work. I decided to have my... Uh, midlife crisis early and go to film school at age 30. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, there are worse things you can do in a midlife crisis. You could buy a fast car. You could do something that you went back to school. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a bit of a geek. So, you know, I like the academic, academic environment. So, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I studied photography in college, so I figured this is just the next kind of creative next step. Gotcha. You know, I thought I'd go into cinematography, wound up in editing. Who know? You know, who knew? <laughs> you know, cousins, I, yeah. I suppose, in that arena. <laughs> now, in my in my research, uh, hopefully that does not creep you out that I do research no. on on all of my guests. It's we live in the future. It's out there. Um, so the movie Singles that came oh, out in yeah. 1992, Cameron yes. Crowe, classic movie, filmed in Seattle, based in Seattle. That was kind of an inspiration to you, right? Oh, I mean, big time. I've always been a, you know, Cameron Crowe, you know, fan. Mm-hmm. And being a child of the late 80s, you know, I was a massive Soundgarden fan, you know, massive Mud Honey fan, Heart fan. I mean, you know, just the, <laughs> right. the entire, you know, Seattle vibe I totally dug. And, you know, I, I got to witness a great scene in the Bay Area in the late 80s or early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of missed the big, you know, boom here in Seattle. But, um, you know, loved all the bands, seen Soundgarden, you know, a bazillion times every right. time they came through the Bay Area. And, you know, my buddy offered me the job and I'd never been here before. Hmm. So, you know, love was the your movie. only exposure basically through the movie singles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, through the through the, and movie, the music, and of course, through the movie and the music and, mm-hmm. you know, my friend's experience. And I figured if I didn't like it, you know, I could always move back to the Bay Area. And this is, you know, 21 years later, so I obviously like it here. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. At least we would, we would hope so after, after being here that long. Yeah. Okay. Now, you talked about the, the Seattle leg of, of yeah. this 48-hour film project. Now, when I was looking into this, I mean, yeah, this is international. So kind of how did, how did this start, either this leg or the, the project in general? Well, I mean, the project itself started in... I'm going to paraphrase this, uh-huh. but uh, Mark Rupert and Liz Langston, they were uh, 
filmmaking producing partners in Washington, D.C. Okay. And it was either 2000 or 2001. They just decided, let's see if we can make a short film in a weekend just for kicks. Right. And turns out they could. And, you know, they, <laughs> right. they really enjoyed the experience. And then they did it again with, like, a bunch of friends. Hmm. And that's where the kind of the kernel of the, the competition came from. And then, you know, New York heard about it. Baltimore heard about it. Boston heard about it. Los Angeles heard about it. And it just started spreading like wildfire mm-hmm. around the United States. And, you know, across the pond. And, right. Um, 2004, I was a couple of years out of film school and looking for any excuse to, you know, get on a set, you know, right. in my spare time. And I heard about this and thought it was fascinating and, you know, heard that Portland had one. Okay. And this is before Portland's big, you know, Oregon's big film industry boom right. happened. And I thought it was just, you know, laughable that Portland had this insanely cool competition <laughs> mm-hmm. and we didn't. And I was emailing Mark and Liz just like, you know, it's ridiculous that Portland has this and we don't, you <laughs> right. know. Because there's always that, there has been a rivalry. A rivalry, Between yeah. Portland and Seattle for a long time. Yeah. And then finally, they got sick of my emails and said, well, we have this sister competition called the National Film Challenge, which is basically the same thing, but it's not anchored to any city. Okay. So it goes on worldwide the same weekend. Wow. And um, it's 72 hours. Okay. So I put, I put out a call to some friends like, hey, let's do this. Sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Like 40 people replied. Sheesh. So... <laughs> You're like, I, I think I might have something. Yeah, so we split, you know, into two groups. And, um, you know, I produced these two teams working simultaneously. And the group I was in, our film didn't turn out so good. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, was this the first film that you had done? I mean, like, outside of school or outside of... Um, it's the first thing that, like, I really produced myself. Gotcha. Well, it all depends on the timeline. Right. It was 12 years ago. I can't, I can't. Gets a little um, fuzzy. I may have directed something before that, but right. it was either that spring or the next. But um, so team I was on, we made something that was funny. It was kind of enjoyable to watch, but ultimately it wasn't that great a film. Um, the other team wrote a killer story, uh, won an award for uh, best use of genre. Wow. And it got played at the 48-Hour Film Fest, film Project's um, Worldwide Best Of Festival called Filmapalooza. Mm-hmm. And it was in San Jose at Cinequest, and I grew up in San Jose. And Perfect. So free place to stay at my brother's place. Right. <laughs> that always helps when, <laughs> yeah, when you can travel great. and go somewhere and, and stay uh, for free. You know, so they gave me a platinum pass at the festival. And, nice. you know, went to all the screenings. And, you know, one of my favorite things about San Jose is fantastic Mexican food. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it was so fun hanging out with these filmmakers. And this is when there, it was only in like 24 cities around the world. Wow. So, but, you know, hanging out with all these British filmmakers and French mm-hmm. filmmakers, filmmakers from all of the United States. And at the after party, um, uh, you know, we were just loaded <laughs> right and i was hanging out with liz and she asked you know so what'd you think and i'm like you know it was so much fun i can't wait to do it again mm-hmm. and uh she said well what would you think about running the event in, in seattle 
And I just went, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> right. Enthusiastically. And, and then I woke up in the morning going, oh, what did I just sign up to do? I'm an editor. Uh, you know? Right. <laughs> Not an event that producer. Was, that was in March of 2005. And now, you know, we're running our 12th year, the, the Seattle 48 hour film wow. project. And it's now in a hundred, I think the official count this year is 143 cities around the world. Sheesh. And the joke is, you know, we're on every continent, but Antarctica. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> well, on Antarctica, other than researcher or including the researchers, there are like 40 humans there total. So, I think so you know. like upwards of a hundred during its peak. Yeah. yeah. But Hey, they could submit something, you know. There's no reason we couldn't figure something out. Yeah. Enjoy. Even if it were more of a publicity stunt than anything else. Right, just to say that you were there. <laughs> yeah, all seven continents we had, you know. That is awesome. Yeah. So I have gone to a couple different film festivals like mm-hmm. this. The, the short duration, as far as, you know, timed competitions before. And they always seem to have the, the three elements, you know, that are required. Whether it be like a physical object, like a safety pin, you know, or things like that. So... In this year's competition, what were those three elements for Seattle? Fred or Frida Keating, mm-hmm. union boss. Um, the prop was a thermometer. Okay. And the line of dialogue was, does this smell weird to you? Does this smell weird to you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, the required elements are fun, mm-hmm. you know, because after you've been a city producer for X number of years, you're allowed to suggest Oh, okay. the required elements. Um, I don't know what they are until, you know, like the day before. Interesting. I send, I send five options for each of the categories to headquarters, mm-hmm. and then they email me back saying, hey, here's your required elements. Okay. So that's the pick this year. Now, why do you think that three element, that three element structure is so successful? Um. I, I really think it works because, you know, one of the big rules of this competition is you can't do any pre-writing. You can gather cast, crew, right. locations. You can do basically a mass, everything you need to make a film except for the story ahead okay. of time. And I think, you know, they're just monkey wrenches that help prevent that. I mean, the genre that you draw is really the one that, you know, if you have something preconceived in your mind... Mm-hmm. And so you the, draw a period piece, you know, that right. can really mess you up. So the genre is chosen at random. So kind of, kind of go through the, the process a little bit. So if I wanted to, to make a film next year, what, like kind of what, what is that process? Well, the first thing you have to do, I mean, everyone's responsible for putting together their own team. Okay. And, I mean, they range in size from we've had a you know, one-man band before. Impressive. And, you know, I've, I can't remember what city it was. But like a cast and crew of over a hundred and like Jeez. forty horses, you know, it's whatever you can put together, <laughs> right? And you know, whatever is manageable, because some people just bite off more than they could chew, and mm-hmm. you know, just wrangling a large number of people can be challenging, mental <laughs> to your sanity and your health, right? Um, Especially when you have forty-eight hours. Yeah. So you know, you basically find your your comfort zone, mm-hmm. and you know, working with people you know is always, you know, the preferable. Uh, solution, but it's also a great chance to meet people you know you never have worked with before. Mm-hmm. I've had a lot of great uh, creative relationships come out of that. But you put together your team, you secure locations, you secure cast, mm-hmm. you secure crew, and um, we have 
I hold a series of networking and boot camp events leading okay. up to the event. So nice. you can meet people and then we'll have uh, veteran team team leaders, mm-hmm. competitors come in and talk about their experience. You know, Which so I'm sure, new. yeah, it can be really helpful for someone who is like, this sounds like a great idea. Yeah. I have no idea what to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've also, I've also tried to get, you know, a minimalist team mm-hmm. leader, you know, and then, you know, a team leader from, you know, more ambitious, you know, larger mm-hmm. cast and crew just to c- kind of span the gamut yeah. and so people can see what's possible. Um, and then, yeah, you put your team together and then on the day of the kickoff, which is always a Friday, mm-hmm. Um, we go group by group and all the teams draw their genre. And there was a new rule this year because it used to be you picked one of 15 available genres wow. and they had an option for a wild card. So you could forfeit oh. your original and go with the wild card. But this year, um, the rule changed where you're given, you draw this genre or that genre. You pick okay. one and then you declare what, sh- what your genre was when you turn hmm. in. And I kind of, I mean, I, <clears throat> I really like that format. Yeah. Because the wild now, is that card, new? So that is new for the whole festival this year? Yep. Okay. I really like it, mm-hmm. you know, because uh, just administering the wild card was always... Because <laughs> it was like after everyone got their required elements. So you draw the genres, and then I announce the required elements, and then boom, everyone's off making movies. Right. At 7 p.m. But then with the wild card, we'd have to have those that wanted the wild card to stick around and they're just nervous, anxious. They want to get out and, you know, it's hurting cats. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, you know, this option is like, okay, here's your two options. Mm -hmm. You decide over the course of the weekend and declare it when you turn it in. Oh, so they, so they film everything and then when they submit it to you or they declare what it is because, you know, they'll get placed in the right genre, the right category. Okay. So they'll, you know, when they're writing, they'll pick the genre, you know, and they right. write on Friday night, you know, because kind of the ideal <clears throat> structure is have a little brainstorming session, mm-hmm. have some people stay up all night writing, right? <laughs> um, and hopefully, you know, director and producer will, you know, be there to kind of get an overview of what the story is going to be mm-hmm. so that they can, you know, tell the appropriate cast crew. Right. Where to be in the morning. Yeah, usually helpful. <laughs> yeah. And then shoot all day Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe into Saturday night if you need night shots. And then Sunday's all editing and then hauling ass to uh, get to the, Sheesh. the drop-off. By, mm-hmm. Your film needs to be turned in by 7.30 to be considered on time. 7.30 p.m. Sunday night? <clears throat> yes. Okay. And uh, if you're in on time and you got all your required elements mm-hmm. correct um you're eligible for you know review by the judges gotcha for awards if you're late mm-hmm. we you know we screen your film we screen all the films that are turned in oh that is nice okay and they are eligible for audience favorite awards oh, okay so they still because i mean i think i mean if someone was going to do this ambitious project yeah they missed that deadline by 20 minutes I think it is great that you guys still give them that opportunity for their film to be seen. Well, yeah, like that. I mean, that is if, nice. If you just think about you know the amount of time and mm-hmm. effort and blood, sweat, and tears that people put into it, I mean, it would <laughs> right. be a, it'd be a crime to not screen mm-hmm. it. Um, nice. So, you know, it's just the only punishment, so to speak, 
is it they're not eligible for judges awards gotcha very nice now in these days when anyone with a smartphone can shoot a movie they can edit the movie Mm -hmm. i mean we have seen full-length movies shot on an iphone uh the film from last year tangerine yeah you know those all done on iphone and then you can put up on youtube within hours Mm mm-hmm do you think that kind of YouTube generation mentality has helped festivals like this? Oh, I, d- I definitely think it has. I think, you know, the democratization of visual storytelling, mm-hmm. you know, has occurred well, since the inception of YouTube. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, the, the cost and the ease of use and the power of software and hardware is, is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, the drawback is... Sometimes it can be very hard to find what you want, mm-hmm. you know, because the signal to noise ratio is all out of whack. Right. Um, but I think, it, you know, for someone who really wants to make films, it's, it's never been easier to get your foot in the door. Right. Yeah. I mean, because especially when, you know, you might have someone who is, again, shooting on their iPhone, you know, using iMovie to cut it, edit it, yeah. all of that. And you can also have someone doing Final Cut Pro with the full suite that is thousands of dollars. And so I think, you know, it is nice that there is still that, you know, opportunity for anyone to be a part of it, regardless of what means they have. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, it may sound cliche, but, you know, a properly structured and executed story, Mm -hmm. uh, regardless of production value you know, is always going to resonate more than, you know, a giant glossy, you know, Mm -hmm. neon nightmare, you know? (laughs) Um, And that is not to say that those films do not have their place, but (laughs) for something like 48 hour film festival, if you were to see that, I think it would visually kind of feel out of place. I could think, well, I mean, it's, I mean, it's crazy when you go to film Palooza and you see, you know, I work at film Palooza every year Mm -hmm. and, when you see what, uh, particularly what some of the European hmm. um, competitors do, right. it just you, eyeballs pop out of your head. <laughs> right. It's insane. The French and the Dutch are monsters. Really? Yeah. And uh, South African and uh, Japanese, too. I mean, Which country would you say, in your experience working with the festival, has kind of been blossoming the quickest or is there, has there been one country that has been I, winning I, consistently? I, mean, I really think it's, it's the Dutch and the French. Really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, film of Palooza 2015, it was great. Cause, uh, our Seattle team, mm-hmm. uh, challenge accepted, got third internationally wow. with, uh, their film. I Charon. shout out to weird. shout out to that team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really weird that an American comedy did so well. And the runner-up was a French team called Les Parasites. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. It was a Dutch team that won. Hmm. And at the 2016 film of Palooza, like all five Dutch films, right? Just my jaw was on the floor. I just Sheesh. unbelievable. And again, you know the French and um, same, sl- same criteria. Yeah, same time frame. Yep. And there was a Slovakian kid that made. I think he got third this year. It's just unbelievable. Wow. Minimal, minimal cast and crew, minimal mm-hmm. locations, but just got this child actor that was amazing. And hmm. Now, are there time restrictions as far as the length of the film? Uh, minimum four minutes and okay. a maximum of seven minutes, and you can have up to one minute of credits. 
Interesting. So you can have an eight minute, 48 hour film. It's just that, um, once seven, seven minutes Mm -hmm. hits, uh, the story has to be done. Now, can you, if someone were creative, we could say, use that minute of end credits to kind of show some more imagery or to kind of fill in some more, or is it a straight off like seven minutes? The story has to be wrapped at that point. Um, I mean, if there is any further story development going on, mm-hmm. um, I mean, technically that would be against the rules. You've got gotcha. a lot of people that do like the, the Jackie Chan or the Cannonball Run. Yep, you the know, blooper run, reel, gag blooper reel. reel. Mm-hmm. We've had people, we've had some people do the, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, a little teaser. Yep, at the the mid credits. <laughs> yeah, you sit through the credits and then you get a little teaser. Okay. Um, so that is allowed as long as it does not. As long as it is not part of that storyline. As long line. as, yeah, your story is wrapped up gotcha. by minute seven. And I mean, the average film usually is about five, five and a half minutes. Okay. And, you know, in the case of short films, shorter is better. They're called mm-hmm. short films for a reason. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, we've had a lot of people say, you know, our first cut was 12 minutes. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> that is going to be a, a rough edit. <laughs> that might explain why your film, your film felt a little disjointed, you know? Right. Because <laughs> you had to cut a lot out, the, a lot of that connective tissue out. Wow. You know, the screenplay format exists for a reason, because it's, mm-hmm. like, it's like a stopwatch. Yeah. And especially being that you are an editor, I am sure yeah. your eye for that is very keen. <laughs> you know, when I talk to the, the judges, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I expect them to you know, want a high standard, mm-hmm. but, you know, also say, you know, look, this, these were made in two days yeah. and across the board internationally, you know, these are kind of where the weak spots are just because of the nature of the competition. Understandable. You know, yeah. so like, um, audio levels will be off, you know, it's not the most fully fleshed out, uh, you know, sound design. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we ask the judges for, you know, to Some take leniency that into a little consideration. Bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if there's, you know, a little pop at the beginning, you know, or you just hear some erroneous sound. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we ask the judges to let it slide. not overlook, yeah, yeah. but you know, understand the, the limitations of the competition in general. Exactly. Okay. I mean, no, that, I mean, that definitely makes yeah. sense. So, um, like how quickly is this festival expanding? Like in, like in the past few years, it seems like, so many more cities across the world have become a part of it. You know, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think this year maybe one or two more cities might okay. have been added. I'm I'm not entirely sure because you know there are some cities that try it out, it doesn't work, and right. you know they only have you know their one year. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, they tried. Yeah. Like absolutely, like at well, least they be, went there. It could just be that that city hadn't found the right city producer yet. Fair you enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, when I think about how Seattle has grown, we started off in 2005 with 24 teams. Well, and is, I mean, now that seems big for the for the first year. 2014. 24. It's basically um, it's worth everyone's time if you can get 24 teams. Okay. Um, that means two screening groups of 12. It's you know two two hour blocks. Um, you know, under under that, it it just becomes financially untenable. Okay. You know, because of theaters, it costs a lot to rent the theater. Yeah. And um, you know, the fewer teams, you know, 
the less money you're going to generate to pay mm-hmm. for the theater. And, Absolutely. Um, it can be difficult. So, you know, the more teams you have, the more financially viable um, the event becomes and the more you can kind of throw back at the filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, to enrich their experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, 2015 was our banner year. We had 84 teams. Sheesh. And this year we had 73. So, mm-hmm. you know, a little step back, but still above where we were in 2014, which is mm-hmm. at 70. So we wow. hovered at 52 for five, six years. Mm-hmm. And then jumped up to 60, then to 70, then to 84. Man. <laughs> so, you know, it's an upward trajectory. Yeah. In Seattle, we're definitely punching above our weight class. Okay. Because you, I think... Los Angeles last year had 174. That is insane. And it's about eight or nine times the population density of here. So we're doing about half their volume at one quarter to one-fifth the population density. So, you know, Seattle's doing well. Yeah, it sounds like it. So one of the things I was also going to ask is what makes either the Seattle films or the Seattle filmmakers unique? And why do we, like, we have... I mean, like I said, half of the amount of L.A., but a significantly smaller population. Well, I mean, you know, this the industry here is, if you're familiar with the, the state film incentive fight, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're fighting to get scraps from, you know, Hollywood, Portland, and Vancouver. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, you know, we have a terribly small film incentive. Um, at, for Washington State for or just Washington Seattle? State. Okay. Um, and, I mean, every year we have to fight to make sure it gets renewed. And, I mean, our incentive is, like, I think one-fifth of what Oregon's is. And it's and Oregon's isn't big. Sheesh. I think it's, like, 14 million. Okay. And it's set to go up to, like, 20. To, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I don't have the, the numbers handy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ours is 3.5 million. That's nothing. Wow. You know, and that basically just supports you know, Z nation and one feature film a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're lucky to have Z nation. It, it yeah. employs a lot of people. Absolutely. But I think, you know, just not having, you know, kind of all of the, the perks and, you know, the resources, financial resources <laughs> mm-hmm. that, you know, Vancouver or you yeah. know, just any other reasonable state legislature would give their, their film industry. I think it, it definitely creates a uh, sort of scrappiness. Okay, yeah. You know, everyone's, you know, fighting and scrapping to get their projects done. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, you know, the unique quality. You know, people in Seattle, we do more with less. Okay, yeah. You know, and, you know, to you know, get into demographics, I think, particularly in recent years, you know, kind of our motto is Seattle is where women make movies. Interesting. I mean, a lot of the, the leadership in Seattle is, is women. Excellent. Um, and rightly so. They're all awesome. I mean, right. Lynn Shelton, Megan Griffiths, Lacey Levitt, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have powerful women really kind of running you know, at the the forefront, mm-hmm. but I think in the the forty eight, you know, we've all we've always had a lot of you know women participating, 
Um, but I think people of color are becoming more and more and more uh, represented, which in Seattle in and Seattle in Seattle in particular, awesome. Which has always been you know an overarching goal for me, mm-hmm. um, but I've never really knew how to you know push that agenda. Right. So it's kind of nice to see it grow see organically. It grow organically, Excellent. and that this community is supportive and encouraging that Mm -hmm. and the um we've seen more and more lgbtq Mm -hmm. um either teams or uh teams dealing with lgbtq issues which is fantastic I, i i adore you know the level of diversity and tolerance and openness that our our filmmakers have been you know they've been afforded the opportunity mm-hmm. <laughs> to embrace that without fear of reprisal or yeah, anything absolutely and you know that's just a huge tip of the hat to to our community for for making that happen yeah for creating a community of you know inclusion yeah exactly awesome. you know for as white as white a region as this is <laughs> right. it's really it's really good to see you know the diversity mm-hmm. um picking up particularly in the seattle 48 hour film project excellent no, we've always had we've always had i mean uh, the indian community uh since day one has always been very very active in the 48 which i think is really cool wow okay so now we're seeing more african-american mm-hmm. hispanic latino uh asian mm-hmm. you name it it's i i think it's fantastic yeah that is tremendous because again it shows shows what seattle has to offer yeah. it shows different perspectives it shows unique perspectives yeah so yeah, that, that is awesome. I'm really glad to hear that. Now, one of the things, like, is there, with a, with a festival like this, you said there are 15 genres yes. that they have to choose from. Well, ultimately, this year with the, the new system, mm-hmm. they have 30 options. Oh, sheesh. They have 15 pairs to pick oh, okay. from. 15, <laughs> 15 pairs of genres. Yes. Is there a particular genre that you think this style of film works best with or has been the most successful comedy really yeah i mean comedy it really you know the audience favorites i can't say universally Mm -hmm. but you know more often than not comedies okay rule the day um from the audience perspective um yeah when it comes to the judges you know what wins in the the judging you know the official judging varies wildly from year to year depending on you know the particular preferences of the judges and i right. you know i switch them up just about every year nice and sometimes you know i make make known who the judges are this year is not one of those years because a couple of them requested you know not oh, to okay. be publicized so, so, so i respect that yeah but you know they're all working professionals in the area um so this year is one of the no one knows who the judges are uh, years okay um there is no man behind the curtain no. <laughs> so, um, so comedies kind of rule, comedies, the, rule the day. Yeah. They, I mean, they really do. Um, you know, mockumentary used to be really, really popular. Really? I think Interesting. In, in recent years, that, that genre option has been gone for a couple of years, but people, you know, still do it. Hmm. Um, horror is always popular. Now, with, speaking of horror and other festivals, so 
you are involved in another short film festival uh, that is just horror theme or horror and it's just it's all horror subgenres and it's I mean it's the Seattle forty eight hour film horror project okay so it's same rules hmm. same time limits everything just all subgenres of horror one of the elements is two gallons of fake blood now uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, one year I made it pineapple. The, I put, you know, pineapple, pineapple was the prop. Oh, I regret that. I couldn't eat pineapple for Ooh. like weeks after that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. I was asked Liz Langston. Mm-hmm. Um, she asked me, well, she actually was coming through Seattle on a, you know, a personal trip and Rob Hatch, who runs Portland and Baltimore, mm-hmm. he was having his best of screening in Portland. And Rob was kind of my mentor when I first started doing Excellent. city producing. So I go down and help, help him with his event, you know, whenever I can check out some screenings. And this is in 2013 and it was Rob's 10th anniversary of wow. producing. So Liz said, Hey, you want to go down and go down with me and we'll give Rob, you know, his 10 year trophy. <laughs> Which Mark, Liz, if you're listening, I never got mine. Ooh, we're on your twelve now. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> Is it, it, it got lost in the mail. Maybe. Uh. <laughs> well, it was just. I mean, Liz happened to be here, and it was all gotcha. You know, very fortuitous and coincidental. <laughs> right. But, <laughs> um. So we went down, drove down together, and as we were driving down, Liz said, "Well, you know." we're thinking of doing some kind of, you know, offshoot genre competitions in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Seattle would be interested in doing one? I said, yes, horror. <laughs> Just yeah. immediately. Yeah. And this was, you know, this is in the middle of August and this would have to be done in, you know, October sometime. And my wife and I were about to go, I mean, seriously, like six days later, we were about to go on our honeymoon for three weeks in Europe. Right. Um, so I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I appreciate and I respect your impulsive decision making. <laughs> I mean, even getting involved with the festival and then with this horror, it seems like those gut decisions. So, <laughs> well, you know, at that point I've done, you know, 10 years mm-hmm. or I think I was nine years at then, um, nine years running the event. So, I mean, I know the mechanics, I know how to recruit, yeah, you know, and that helps. <laughs> and, you know, they limit the number of teams. So, you know, it was going to be originally 25 and then they upped it to 30 because there was so much demand. But I went away for three weeks and, you know, on my honeymoon <laughs> and I did not do any recruiting. I did not do any work. Smart. Because <laughs> I, I wanted to come back still married. Yes. And, uh, you know, we had an amazing time. Uh, but I came back and there were like only eight or nine teams signed up. And I was like, oh, oh. this is. <laughs> and I had a friend. I asked, you know, okay, three times a week you post here, here and here. Mm-hmm. And she was apparently a little afraid to do that. She felt like she was being a little overbearing. Ah, gotcha. Um, but this, sometimes you just have to just blast it out there. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to be strategic about it. Of course. I've taken my knocks from some filmmaking friends, you know, calling <laughs> me, you know, over poster of the week before and um, other uh, n- nastier <laughs> right. things. And uh, so, yeah, after the jet lag kind of wore off mm-hmm. i just hopped on facebook and just went boom here you go everyone we're doing this horror thing mm-hmm. don't miss out limited spaces and it filled up like you know instantly Jeez. the moment i just took the the megaphone out and mm-hmm. started shouting it 
it filled up instantly. All 24 spots or whatever was, it was left. 30. The, they, wow. We bumped it up to 30, and I think we had nine on the waiting list. And that Jeez. was with minimal work. So with the, with the horror one, so obviously the genre is set. So then you, just, you have your three key elements. Well, there's, you, you draw subgenres of horror. Oh, so like sci-fi okay. horror. Okay. Slasher. Slasher. Okay. You know, um, psychological, supernatural. So there's nice. a whole bunch of subgenres that you draw from. Clever. I like it. And, uh, and that one is, so that one is coming up in October. This year will be, the event will be October 7th through the 9th. And tentatively, the screenings will be October 11th at the Uptown. They're okay. waiting on confirmation of that, but the event itself will be October 7th through 9th. Gotcha. Our fourth year. And by the time this episode is airing, people will be able to register for it? Yeah. As, as we're recording this, um, registration opened today. So Excellent. So, yeah, definitely. I mean, I will put the link to that in the show notes of the episode so cool. people can, can hit you up with that, and th- that will fill up quickly. I, I mean, I always, want, I always want, one of the things I always want is for, uh, you know, the audience outside of the direct family and friends of cast and crew Mm-hmm. to come see this and mm-hmm. you know that's always been a, a hard sell it's, it's easy to get family and friends of cast and crew to come right um but some of these films are so amazing you know i just wish a more general audience were seeing them you know okay. for the summer yeah, you yeah. know the big event and for for the horror um because last year i had amy lillard of washington filmworks the executive director of washington filmworks she was one of the judges and she was blown away because, you know, uh, administering the, uh, the state film incentive, you know, she really sees the, the top business people, filmmakers, right, right. you know, in the state. So, you know, not necessarily a ton of exposure to, you know, the, the real indie. The, the quote unquote the little guys. Yeah. You know. mm-hmm. And she, I mean, she was just blown away at the sheer amount of you know, talent that's just not known to the, you know, the power brokers in town. Mm-hmm. Very and Lacey cool. Levitt was one of the judges and she was blown away by a, a film directed by two 18 year old women. Okay. Just blown away. And, you know, it was great because it gave me the opportunity to introduce Kira and Abby to Lacey and they were just awesome. blown away, you know, to meet with a real, you know, producer. Mm hmm. I mean, just high, high-level legislative yeah. decision-making producer. Yeah. Wow. So it was really cool, you know. So this will be the fourth year or third? This is the fourth year of horror. Fourth year of horror. Wow. And you guys are going with 24 or 30, um, I think we've locked it in at 28. 28. I can okay. comfortably, Split the difference. <laughs> I, can, I can comfortably fit 14 films in a two-hour block. Gotcha. As long as I don't do much of a and a at the end. Right. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, that definitely sounds, sounds awesome. Yeah, tonight, so the night we are recording this, is going to be the audience favorite? Or not the audience favorite? Yeah, they, so we're going to play all the audience favorite winners okay. from groups A through F. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have the audience vote on their favorite of those audience favorites and declare what I lovingly call the audience favorite favorite. <laughs> right? <laughs> Double favorite. Yes. And then uh, once people have voted, then we'll start playing... Uh, the Judges Award candidates. So there's 13 okay. films up for, is it 20 awards? Wow. And uh, once those are done, 
then we start handing out all the awards. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so part two of, of this episode uh, will be after I have seen all of these films <laughs> and have the opportunity to you know, see the winners and everything, you know, that I will report back. You it's know? a pretty amazing bunch of films. Yeah, it, it definitely v- sounds like it. Varied, quite, quite varied. Excellent. So when people are listening to this and they want to learn more about the festival, they want to learn more about you, where should they go? Um, you know, the first official stop is 48hourfilm.com forward slash Seattle dash wa. Okay. Um, and then we have a Facebook fan page and a Facebook group. Oh, excellent. Um, so if you're interested in getting involved in mm-hmm. a team, um, the Facebook group is definitely. Oh, know, so if someone is like, Hey, I want to, you know, I can help with audio. I want to act or right. yeah. Excellent. You know, hey, I have a red dragon. You know, he'll be the most popular <laughs> dude in the world. Uh, um, yeah. So if you want to get involved, a red dragon is cast. a camera for those people who yeah. uh, who are wondering. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if it's the best one they have now or not. It's just the, the red re- line of cameras, though, is yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, so if you want to get involved, the Facebook group is a must join. Okay. Um, and the Facebook fan page is more, you know, outward audience mm-hmm. faced. Gotcha. Um, you know, more information about, you know, the screenings, mm-hmm. and, you know, information about the films. And Excellent. So there are multiple avenues where they can get yeah. information, both of the Seattle leg of things and, you know, if they're living in a different city and want to yeah. get involved, that would just be, I guess, 48 hourfilmcom Perfect. Because, yeah, I mean, nationwide, when I was looking at it, like, there are a ton. And we got people cities. that travel city to city and do them. Oh, really? Yeah, I met a guy from uh, Connecticut Mm -hmm. and he does he's from New Haven and he does four or five of them a year he and his producing buddy do four or five of them a year on the east coast and they usually win at least one of the cities so I get to see I get to see see Mark and Kip every year at Filmapalooza which is great <laughs> where, so where is so Filmapalooza is where all the winners yes go first, and then when they the winners from there go to the the like, top twelve films play at a special showcase at Cannes. Wow, which is pretty cool. So Seattle yeah. got to go in 2015. Challenge accepted. I Charon, yeah, screen to Cannes. <laughs> that yeah, that is incredible. <laughs> It's it's a really funny film. It deserved it. So where is Film of Palooza going to be upcoming? Or have they announced it yet? It hasn't been announced. It's usually announced sometime in September. Okay. Where it'll be, um, when the actual dates are. Um, that comes out over time. Gotcha. But we should we should know hopefully in September. Excellent. Well yeah, to wrap things up, one last question. If you could give one piece of advice to a novice filmmaker who wants to join next year's competition or this year's horror competition, mm-hmm. if they want to just jump into it right away, one piece of advice, what would it be? Get out of your comfort zone and embrace the, the limitations. Okay. Because there's nothing comfortable about making a 48-hour film, <laughs> and right. it's just chock full of you know, external limitations. Mm-hmm. So embrace the challenge. Excellent. Solid advice. Yeah. Solid advice. Fighting it is a losing battle. Mm-hmm. I think there's a great source of 
you know, personal and professional development that can occur and a lot of, uh, you know, personal and creative fulfillment out of, uh, embracing the challenge rather than fighting against it. Excellent. Well, yeah. Well, thank you, Kirk, for, you. for sitting down with me. Uh, and yeah, I will def- I'm, I'm excited for tonight's festivities. So am I. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow I get to sleep. <laughs> I was going to say, Kirk is way more excited for it to be tomorrow <laughs> where you can actually relax. Um, but yeah, so thank you again, Kirk. And yeah, I will see you tonight. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. We are now in the future from the last time I left you. Ooh. <laughs> that was Andy's very weak impression of a theremin. I only right had there. 48 hours to think of that. Okay. Oh, Come on. <laughs> you had to write the script. I'm working to... on it. Yeah. God. Uh, no and, sleep. It, and it is late at night. The festival, <laughs> we just pounded through 13. At least. Uh, short films. So we were both a little bit tired, but I wanted to make sure to... To get this... Uh, Not actually as together. tired as if we'd been working for 48 hours on a film. Yeah. Like all of the producers, <laughs> all of the actors and editors on this festival. Yeah. And that is one thing right off the top. I cannot put it out there how much I respect every person who was involved with this production. Whether it was the people organizing the 48-hour film festival, uh, like Kirk, who was on earlier to the actors, the producers, the directors, the organizers. This takes a tremendous amount of work. It's truly astounding. It really, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah. Words cannot describe this. Yeah, so anytime you guys have a chance to see one of these type of festivals in your city, whether it be a 48-hour film project, which they have like 100 different cities worldwide that participate in this, but even if not, even if it is something different like a 50 hour slam go see it because like these people working on these films deserve the respect of just people need to see their craft have a little humility also when you go to something like this uh, about you know sort of like be be gentle because (laughs) people have only had 48 hours to work on these things so even if it turns out to be a bit of a pile of poo it's it's still pretty hours. amazing that they've managed to get that pile of poo yep. scraped into a pile. <laughs> wow, that is a ridiculous analogy. Uh, but Andy, very loosely, has a point. No matter if you submit a film for a festival like this, you put in a lot of work. So more power to everyone. So now that Andy and I have seen the audience favorite uh, category... And then we saw the juror select. And those were the people who are up for best score, best actor, best actress. But the big thing was the best film. And they did a top three. And the film that wins the local uh, competitions then goes on to represent Seattle at Filmapalooza next year, which they've not announced a date or uh, city yet. Winner of that then goes on to the Cannes Film Festival. So this is a huge opportunity for a lot of these filmmakers. And Andy, this is your first time going to a festival like this? Yeah, absolutely. A um, little known fact that I've been involved a little bit in the film scene in Seattle mm-hmm. before about to review. That uh, is true. It, you know, at working on a few films, mostly in front of the, the camera. And from early on, I was thinking, oh my gosh, that sounds like such a lot of fun and such hard work to get something together. Um, and yet somehow I have not actually been to a 48 
our film project mm-hmm. until this year. So I'm, I feel very bad about that. And I apologize to Kirk and everybody involved in this. <laughs> wow. <All right. laughs> uh, well, at least, I mean, again, at least you, you experienced it. And I mean, based on this experience, so this one is a large festival. There were five different groups of films uh, over the course of a few days. Uh, I think eight, seven, seven, seven uh, sets of films, which were uh, one after the other during the weekdays when they, the films were shot at the weekend, shot, right. edited, uh, produced. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> written. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that was, I think there was, uh, they had originally what? 73 entrants, mm-hmm. 70 of which actually got their films in and yes. 63 of them got them in on, on time. Because <laughs> one important thing is uh, maybe, uh, as he said earlier, is that they have to be on time in order to be able to go forward mm-hmm. to the next to level. win, to win the major prizes. Right. Um, and that is the other thing is like, if you submit a film, even if it is a little bit late, which we do not encourage, uh, submit it on time. But they screen everything. And so, yeah, that, that is awesome. So they give them the chance to do that. So based on your experience going to this, next year, are you excited for next year's uh, competition? Oh, yeah. No, <clears throat> I'd love to be involved in some way okay. with, with one of the production companies. And I could think of one or two that I would like, <laughs> pick because, <laughs> I mean, as I said, you know, sort of we, we, we don't want to rag on any of the films which were not really close to being finished in any shape mm-hmm. or form. But there, there, was two, there was a few which were, um, I don't know, maybe if not head and shoulders above the others, maybe head yeah above the others and i mean again and that that is going to happen in any sort of competition like this you know there will there will be the people who have been doing this longer who have more experience whatever bigger it might crew. be a, yeah a bigger crew kirk mentioned earlier that he has seen a film submitted that was a one-man show that one person was the star the director the editor the everything and then all the way up to some of the belgian and french films which have a cast or a crew of 50 plus. Yeah. Most of the time, folks don't do that one man film thing because most of the time <laughs> that turns really into something unless, not good. Unless you have a background in theater of doing one man shows or one woman shows, uh, then yeah, go for it. <laughs> but that is, that is a tough task of an already tough task. Yeah. So... Okay, so how do you, how do you want to break this up? Do we want to talk about the audience favorite ones that that we liked? Do you want to talk about the jurors one? What do you want to do? Oh my gosh, because um, <clears throat> my brain is tired. <laughs> um, we're not going to spend a lot of time over this because we haven't really had a, a lot of time to to digest. digest it. And it's I think it's it's it, hopefully people will get a chance to see some of these at mm-hmm. some point in time. One way of thinking was like just where low tech what would i think of as the a really good film that that could still be a really good film and yet you know had a very small ensemble very Mm -hmm. low production values and yet turned out to be pretty good as opposed to something with all kinds of amazing whistles and bells that is just astounds you Mm -hmm. that it could be made in 48 hours by anybody anybody (laughs) anybody you know hollywood people let alone a small group local, yeah, a local in group. Seattle. Mm-hmm. So do you want to talk about, how about you talk about maybe two of the audience favorite ones that you particularly enjoyed? 
Okay. Um, one I would start with is is uh, the cleanly cleaners, and this is mm-hmm. uh, one which was definitely one of the low tech, low, super low budget, presumably small crew. You know, yep. it, it looked like it could have been made by a single family with, you know, dad behind the camera. And There were a lot of the similar last names or the same last names. <laughs> I, when, when I, the didn't, I didn't look at the credits. Yeah. But, I mean, it was, it was cleverly put together. Mm-hmm. It was really simple. And because it was put together really simply, um, sort of like the, the acting and the, the, the simple but clever idea was able to shine through. And this was, again, uh, although the production values of this were not like super high or anything mm-hmm. and the editing was a little bit, eh, mm-hmm. it, 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 it really shone for me because it, it, was, it was fun, well acted, and it looked like they must have had tons of fun putting it together, which I think is an important uh, part of this, not taking things too seriously, yep. unless you're one of the really serious contenders. <laughs> right. Um, another one which I thought uh, was, was one of my top ones for the audience award was one that I'd actually seen at one of the earlier showings, mm-hmm. uh, which was uh, a wish for Mr. Whiskers. Yes. <laughs> that would have been one of my picks when, when I saw the earlier uh, uh, screening and it was, it was a fairly clever idea. I think someone said to me, Oh, th- th- there's been an idea like that played before. And that might be the case, right? but it was done really well. The ensemble um, were really pretty good. Um, the storyline was good. Uh, the, the story arc there, there mm-hmm. was a beginning a middle and an end that all felt connected <laughs> it felt connected <laughs> and, Which, it, and it was and it was funny yes. um, and it got a good reaction from the, the this audience as well as the audience that I saw it with mm-hmm. who, who voted it as the audience, audience award favorite yeah yeah those I mean those are definitely two absolutely solid picks when Andy and I are watching this and we got to vote on you know on the audience favorite we both had the Cleanly Cleaners as our number one pick to to win the audience award. Uh, sorry to report, uh, we were some would say wrong. Uh, I like to think that we are never wrong, but we could be <laughs> mistaken. Uh, so we were mistaken, uh, and something else won, and that was that was one that was was really well put. To- <coughs> that was one that was <laughs> that was really well put together. Um, but yeah, and Andy and I had the one that ended up winning in our top three. But I, yeah, I got to give it to the Cleanly Cleaners crew uh, because yeah, it was just it was a fun watch. You could tell the actors really played off each other. The actresses mm-hmm. played off of each other. And one thing that I noticed, especially after talking to Kirk earlier, all six of the audience favorites were all comedies. Mm-hmm. There was not a drama to be found oh, yeah. in the audience favorites. I mean, it, it, I think it's you, you're always going to get an audience award winner, which is uh, which is funny because uh, it doesn't matter how good your drama is, how much it pulls at your heartstrings. It's not, as I say, it's not a crowd pleaser. Mm-hmm. It's not a crowd pleaser, and and the crowd can't appreciate it. But when you leave the theater, you generally are thinking of of the comedy. Right. So, yeah, Clean the Cleaners, great, great short film. And I, I mean, I think in some of the short film festivals that I have seen before, within a couple of days, they release some of them on the website. So I forgot to ask Kirk if they do that. But if they do, then, yeah, that would be our number one pick for checking out Clean the Cleaners. Uh, the other one that I really liked in the audience uh, award that was not the one that Andy mentioned because that one was also fantastic 
um, was an interesting one called Pew Pew, uh, which is the sound that people imitate for any sort of weapon. And it was the genre of superhero. And I really liked it. It was clever. Uh, this girl, middle school girl, is kind of playing around with her grandpa that she has superpowers and nobody believes, or not nobody, her mom or sister. We're not mm-hmm. quite, I think, I think sister mom. actually, because really? I think she mentioned her mom and dad, uh, does not believe her. And so she was like, you can't keep, let her keep believing she has these powers. Turns out she kind of does. And so it was just, it was clever. It was, it was neat. I had a fun time. You liked it because it. it was about superheroes. Let's face okay, it. Yeah. Th- there might be a little, <laughs> a little bit of superhero bias there, but, but I enjoyed that one also. Okay, so moving on to the the juror's choice. Now, this was a, a large category because every group or every genre, every genre, yeah, every genre was represented, um, and there were a ton of genres. Kirk mentioned it earlier, and so each of those genres, yeah, I mean, you can have a great concept for a story and you can plan for a year. This is coming up, but if you have a sci-fi concept in your head. And you pull slapstick, you got to you got to rethink that real quick. Yeah. So it was interesting. It was interesting to see the films that that might not have chosen the one that they want, the genre that they wanted, but they made it work, and that they structured it in a way that <clears throat> made it feel authentic. So because I, I really did not feel like any of these were were forced, any of the genres. You know, you don't really feel them fighting against it, being like, oh, well, I really wanted to do a uh, superhero, but instead I got slapstick, or instead I got war. It felt like all of them, like, they really embraced the genre that they were given. Yeah, uh, uh, pretty much. There were some which were kind of like, could have spread across across uh, two or three or four of yes. the genres, mm-hmm. but that was okay, because they, did, they definitely fit in within the one that they were assigned. Yeah. So... Same thing. We'll just do two of our favorites. Andy is giving me a look like I didn't prepare that. Well, here's here's the, the the problem with that, John, is that there were like thirteen <laughs> different ones, and it was dark, and so I kind of lost track oh. of all the different things. So you, why don't you just go ahead with this one, okay? And I'll I'll pipe up as I sure, need to. Sure, because I when I was doing the press for SIF, Seattle International Film Fest recently, I got kind of used to writing in the dark, uh, so. And because this was a film festival and not an AMC theater, I kind of brought my phone out as a light for certain parts. Not really. I fearing, was mortified when he did that. Not really fearing that I was going to get kicked out. Um, so, Mister or wish, what is it? A wish, a wish for Mister Whiskers. A wish for Mister Whiskers was also in this category. Uh, it ended up winning one of the Spirit Awards, which it totally deserved. Yeah. The genre that it won for was uh, Fish Out of Water. Fish Out of Water, right. So that was really cool. Um, One of the ones that... It won a couple different awards. A couple different awards. uh, The Distracted Jack Rabbit. And this was three guys who did this whole thing. What was the most impressive to me about this, all of the dialogue... I almost said lyrics, but eh, it it could be that also. All of the dialogue in this was rhyming. Mm -hmm. And so... Again, when you have 48 hours to do this, I mean, that was, that was incredible that they were able to, and it was consistent yeah. throughout the whole thing. It was very well done. Um, that I was just, I was impressed with that. So that, that won a couple of awards. Um, let me go down the list. 
Valor. Valor was that was under the genre war slash anti-war because uh, you could I guess make your choice. That one was dark. It was moody. It was for sure the most drama fueled mm-hmm. film that that we saw tonight. And one, definitely one of the genres which is more difficult to shoot on a, a, a very, very low mm-hmm. budget and at short notice. And they did a tremendous job. The whole film took place in one room. Yeah. Because again, and there you see, you hear some outside noise, some you know, cannons going off and things like that. You never really get an idea of what time period it is or anything like that or what war it is. But they just did a really clever thing of focusing on one room focusing on the performances and just letting them them run with it from there. Yeah, that was definitely one where the acting was going to be really, really important mm-hmm. when you don't have a lot of money or time to put in effects and scenery and explosions and stuff. Yeah. Uh, two ones that... One of them was a visual powerhouse. Uh, it was called The Last. And I forget the genre. Was it, what was the genre for that one? I wrote down sci-fi, but that was not the genre. I just Are you sure it wasn't sci-fi? I think so. Okay. Not, not quite sure. Um, <laughs> but it was a beautiful idea, a beautiful concept, and it had the best special effects and graphics. Because a lot of these, justifiably, are not going to go down the special effects. Wrote a couple mm-hmm. of them did in various ways. There was kind of some fading out and some clever uh, camera work. But this one, like, legitimately had some fantastic special effects. Again, you you kind of wonder if these guys had been given serial adventure or family <laughs> film, where <laughs> would they have gone? Would they mm-hmm. would they have still have? Oh well, we 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 prepared a little bit of uh, sci fi stuff, so maybe we can just like throw it in. But you <laughs> right. you didn't get that feeling. You got mm-hmm. you felt like, oh wow, these guys were given sci fi, and then they came up with these effects, and it fit in just nicely. Yeah, and if the genre was not sci fi, I apologize. Uh, but it was a sci. It was the most sci-fi of the films. And now I want you to talk about this next one because this is one that Andy had seen that he was telling me about a week ago, and I'd forgotten the name because it was an interesting name. So when it came up and he kind of nudged me, I was I was expecting to be kind of blown away. Mm-hmm. So tell me about it. Uh, would you be talking about Juska? I sure would be talking about Juska. <laughs> <laughs> this is of all the films. This was the one which I could not see how it could possibly have, you know, gone from nothing to finished product in 48 hours. I mean, there was yep. every element of Juska was, was, was like it. Somebody had spent weeks or months mm-hmm. over it from the, the cinematography, the editing, the, the design, um, the lead acting um the lighting the sound all of it was mm-hmm. so good i mean not maybe not perfect but damn close to In, it yeah just incredible i mean sort of now th- there wasn't much of a storyline to this one um nor did there really need to be mm-hmm. um but because it, it all it, it, i mean just visually it was it was dreamy and surreal and again I don't know what these guys would have done if they'd gotten slapstick or something, but <laughs> right. they maybe lucked out with the genre that they got because it was uh, it was fish out of water their genre, and 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 that fit that mm-hmm. fit with what they they put together. Um, honestly, 
uh, I, I, my, if I was wearing a hat, it would be completely off to the the producers, the director, <laughs> mm-hmm. and the editor of of this because they put out a tremendous, a tremendous uh, uh, film here. It was, it, it, it was, as you say, mind blowing. Yeah, it, it really was. And like Andy mentioned, it might not have had a, a heavy script, you know, like some of the other ones, but it did not need it. Like from the beginning of the film, and it starts off with these super creepy, surrealistic visuals, you are already invested. Mm -hmm. You already want to know what is going to happen. And the way that the story kind of weaves together different characters and possibly different time periods or you're not Mm -hmm. quite sure was just tremendous. And you you have to be glad that the the 48-hour film project has both audience awards and juried awards. Because again, there was no comedy there was no comedy in nope. this, so that it wouldn't win an audience award. When I saw this at the earlier screening, mm-hmm. it was one of my top three, de- most definitely. I think it might have been my, my I'm not going to say which one was my top one, but, right. but, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it wouldn't win an audience award because, hey, you left it thinking, what the, you know, mm-hmm. not, not, hey, that was so cool. Yeah. It was like, whoa, I need to go yeah. back and think about that a little bit. And um, you know, so a lot of people are not going to really uh, enjoy it necessarily. But I mean, just think if you when you if you get a chance to see this, just think they had nothing, mm-hmm. and forty eight hours later they had this. Yeah, and it was incredible. And when you say they might not enjoy it, they might not be, enjoy it maybe because of subject matter or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. the subject matter that it deals with in a very interesting and unique way is a pretty brutal subject. And you, we never really know. You don't we know. Ne- you you never, don't really know what the subject is, but you know it's not good. Yeah. So I, that film, Juska, uh, yeah, was tremendous. And it did, actually. Uh, it won for Best Sound Design. Uh, it did take second place. Second place, yeah. Overall um, for the jurors or with the jurors. So, again, Andy and I had, that, had our rankings uh, a, a little different. We were surprised by a couple things. But that is one of the fun things about doing something like this is seeing films that you might not ever see that, you know, unless you know somebody on the cast or crew or extended family, like, and you might see it on Facebook. Other than that, like, yeah, a great film like Juska, you know, it just, it could slip by and Mm -hmm. that, that should not happen because that would be a shame. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So uh, I'm trying to think of other ones that we should mention that really stuck out. Uh, do you want to talk about one step too far, which was kind of the, one of the, the babies of them all, or the, what do they call it? The, the darlings of the ball, the bell oh, of the ball. Mo- most definitely. I mean that the, again, <laughs> I lucked out when I went to the earlier screening because mm-hmm. not only was Juska <laughs> in this earlier screening, not only was a wish for Mr. Whiskers in this screening, but also one step too far. And what I really liked about one step too far was apart from again, uh, it was one of the the films which was the most complete in the sense mm-hmm. of storyline. Again, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yep. There was a story arc that went through it. Um, out of all the films, um, I felt it, it did have also the the best ensemble. It had the best crew of actors. Now I know that that was a a, a, a tough one uh, out of all the films because I thought Jersey Girl had a right. pretty good. Uh, a set of actors there was a couple uh, maybe slightly less on top of things but right. you know sort of they, they they deserved the best actor in that film perhaps um but 
Yeah, I mean, as, as an ensemble of actors, it was almost flawless, I would say. So, it, you know, sort of like with Jusque coming second overall, you know, sort of, uh, yeah, uh, one step too far. It, it just the, the story, it was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it was well acted. It was the, the editing was sound. There was nothing too flashy about it, but yep. also it wasn't jerky. It, there was there was there was no big glitches in the sound the 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 lighting was good Mm -hmm. the editing was good everything was good about this funny story and it was one of the few that i saw uh, multiple times now Mm -hmm. which i i got more as i saw it each time and that's the thing is like you could see it one time and you think wow that was really great but then you seeing it a second time you think oh i missed that i missed that i missed that that ah Mm -hmm. yeah and that is something where if I were to see this a second time, I would pick up things. Andy saw it you know, for the second time tonight. I bet if you watched it a third time, you might notice even more things. Mm-hmm. That is a triumph of filmmaking. <laughs> when, especially in such a short amount of time, this is a seven-minute film. And it makes you want to go back and watch it again and again to see what other things you could find. little known fact, the... Uh, uh-huh. I, maybe I should have put this as a, a you know out front, but the uh, the lead actress, uh-huh. female actor, uh, once shot me. No, she didn't shoot me in the head. She, she did involve. She was involved in killing me in a. I film. was like, because you you were shot in the. head. I was shot in the head. Actually, yeah, but uh, th- this was in film. People, obviously. Um, but wait, was she the one that stabbed you? Then she might have stabbed me a little bit. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, just just a little bit into Andy's background like you said he has been in and around the film industry a know, little bit a little, a little bit, bit various projects tends to get killed <laughs> yeah i don't know i, I think people, two, two out of like your five projects <laughs> at least yeah yeah so there must just be something about it when you go into the casting people call they're like, like yep we want to kill that guy kill me <laughs> he's going to look great in a weird position <laughs> possibly dead uh great so to wrap it up uh again Highly recommend you guys check out one of these film festivals in your local city. And I say local city because it is global. Like you can, these are everywhere. And if it is not an official 48 hour film project festival, who cares? Find whatever type of festival they have like this and go check it out. Support local film, support independent film. This type of creativity and ingenuity to make a project like this is is just incredible, and and we could continue talking about it, except Andy and I would probably pass out because mm. because we are tired. It's late. It is late. So uh, for this episode, uh, or rather, not just for this episode, for the podcast, you can find it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at About to Review. Uh, definitely subscribe on iTunes. We love five star reviews; those are very much appreciated. Uh, you can also stream the website. You can stream the website. You can stream the episodes. Man, it is late. <laughs> you can stream the episodes directly from the website, which is about to review.com. Uh, I want to thank Andy not only for going with me tonight to this uh, screening, but for letting me know about this. I'm and so for, pleased we got a chance to do this. Yeah, because it, it really it was great. Andy and I were, were at a different screening when he mentioned this. And so... Yeah, again, special thanks to Kirk Nordenstrom, uh, Ben Rapson. I mean, yeah, just for, for getting us connected with this organization. So, 
Thank you, Andy, for coming on and letting me know about this. Thank you. And for me, I've been your host, that guy named John, and we will see you next time.